The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 130. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Pete, say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home, it's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today, we're discussing the finale of Season 6, Full Circle. On Abydos, Skara and Daniel warn SG-1 of Anubis's impending attack. Daniel reveals that he is unable to help physically, but he can provide guidance. Anubis arrives and attacks Abydos, killing Skara. Daniel reveals that Anubis is partially ascended and offers him a deal, the Eye of Ra in exchange for Anubis leaving Abydos unharmed. Anubis agrees, but later he goes back on his word and attacks anyways. Big surprise there. Daniel attempts to stop him, but he is spirited away by Oma Dasala. Anubis fires his super weapon on Abydos, destroying it. However, Daniel has helped the Abydonians ascend, and they are safe. SG-1 returns to Abydos and sees that Skara and all the Abydonians have now ascended, despite the fact that the planet has been destroyed. And there we, we leave the uh, kind of a kind of a downer ending for season six, I felt like. <laughs> well, is it, though? I mean, the Abydosians <laughs> will live on forever in our hearts. Right. I guess. Does that mean they're perpetually just kind of stuck in a desert village playing hacky sack? They can be stuck in whatever kind of village they want now. <laughs> ah, true. We also had the uh, the pyramid from the first movie got got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, or a ra- rather cheap looking computer facsimile of it. No, no offense. <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah. think it was cheap. I think that was a very expensive shot for its. Yeah, time. it probably was. But the little <laughs> the little entryway didn't look super good in that. I'm nitpicking here because I like this episode. You'll get to it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, Lisa? Um, I, I think it's a great episode. I was really looking forward to this one there. You know, you got the team back together. You got all the quips and the fun stuff and it moves so fast. There's they pack so much into I think it was 43 minutes, 44 minutes. And um, I don't know. It's just a ride. And they I mean, they call it full circle because this was supposed to be the series finale was this episode. And so it really ties back into the movie and the first episode of the series nicely. I mean, you go back to Abydos, it gets blown up, of course, but you know, they save the sort of save the people, I guess. And, uh, you know, the team rides off into the sunset and leaves the door open for what was supposed to be movies, um, which didn't happen at the time, but they, this is where the, the money went you know all season we've been like that all these earthbound episodes all of this this was it this was the big finale and uh i really enjoyed it yeah i I wasn't really thinking of it in terms of this was supposed to be the finale when i was watching it because i know the show continues but Mm -hmm. i could definitely see 
thinking about it now, how they were tying a lot of things back to the beginning, like even with destroying the pyramid, like that ties back to the beginning. So it makes sense. You'd put that in the finale. Mm -hmm. And like when they said Daniel Jackson is now a God and you go back to the movie and the Abedonians, when he showed the eye of Ra, they all bowed to him like he was a God. So there's just several like full circle. There's just several, you know, ties back to the, uh, the original that, that I, I really just, I like, just makes me kind of smile. And I'm glad, of course, it wasn't the last episode ever. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I just have to agree with everything that's been said so far. It's a it's an excellent episode. Um, I mentioned last last week that, you know, they'd been keeping their powder dry and, and this is what they spent it on. Not just the, you know, the ships and the computer effects and stuff, but there are some really good, cool sets here. I mean, we get to see we've seen the the Abydos gate room before, but this we get to see kind of the the tomb underneath it and you know they they obviously spent a lot of time and, and money on the sets because we get a very like loving walkthrough of it as they're walking through and lighting the uh, the sconces with the torches as they walk through it and stuff. It really just sets the mood so well. Um, you know, there's some tomb puzzles as they go. You know, tomb raiding here. We finally get some more. Uh, you know, Jonas and Daniel Jackson um, time together, which which is nice. But then the real the real treat here is uh, Daniel and Jack. Uh, and that scene in the elevator, which is just so good. Yes. I like that one. I also really like, uh, it was, it was good to see Scara back and him, uh, his rea- uh, interactions with Jack and him asking him to basically be his best man in his wedding. I think that was mm-hmm. a nice touch. Yeah. Which of course, Jack has a humorous quip for that too. You yeah. don't get to see Kasuf, but, um, uh, I don't know if Eric, uh, Alavi was, was not available at the time, but, uh, I assume he was maybe maybe we do get to see him later in the series. I don't know, since it was implied that he was not on Ambidos or, or not nearby at the mm-hmm. time. So Yeah, and I feel like I've kind of forgotten about Abydos over the past several <laughs> seasons because they haven't really talked about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's still there and I assume I'm I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't more infrastructure there in terms of Earth interacting with the Abadosians because they're on good they're on good terms and I would kind of assume you don't you don't really have like an embassy or any sort of <laughs> assistance for them. I guess maybe they don't really want that. They like they like their way of life and but I don't know. It would have been interesting to see some more tie ins with that. And and they have a big neck with a mine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's where all the uh, SG resources went. Yeah. Could be. Possibly, yeah. Another uh, another big reveal we get is that um, Anubis is partially ascended. It didn't really take. He's like or partially descended. Descended. Partially descended. Yeah. 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 Is, is yeah. that a glass a glass half empty glass half full distinction there? I guess. I guess not. Yeah. I mean, he went he went up and came down halfway. Yeah. So there's debate. They kicked him out, and there's debate whether or not they. They didn't have the ability to descend him all the way or whether he got stuck and they just didn't care. Yeah. And I think I think that question gets resolved later. Yeah, I think it I think it does. Yeah. But did you notice they they really pitted the whole Daniel versus Anubis in the white Daniel in the white robes, Anubis in the black and them fighting. And it was like that. It was a good versus evil depiction there with the fighting and. 
I was just waiting for uh, Daniel to say, uh, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> they were really going for that. It's like, I knew it was like, good, give yeah. in to the anger, you know, it's like, <laughs> strike me down and your transformation will be complete or something, you know, but yeah. And, and Dubis has that, uh, those, one of those like led masks with the screens on it. So yeah. you can put the, so he has like the little spooky skull face or he has like the cosmos face yeah you're gonna be anubis for halloween aren't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just need to get a big huge like robe and a chair to sit in because he does a lot of sitting anubis does he does it's maybe his ankles aren't good because they're yeah. only halfway descended yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i like when stargate leans into its like more fantastical I guess you could even call it campy sci-fi elements like <laughs> yeah. Anubis with the robes and the the ascended like almost like this like space fantasy kind of stuff because most of the time Stargate is fairly grounded in reality for a for a science fiction show like it's yeah. based around the military and a lot of it is about this technology that's fantastical but it's treated in a way that it's it's technology that can be understood and so I like it when we kind of go back to it's kind of like a kind of like going back to the original feel of the early seasons in the first movie where it was almost like Indiana Jones in space with magic. Yeah. And and we get some great Indiana, like I mentioned, some great Indiana Jones tomb mm -hmm. rating where, you know, Jonas and Daniel have to solve the puzzle of the, the gem that reacts to light, but only red light. So, you know, they're they're trying oh, yeah. out uh, the flashlight, but then they need to focus the flashlight. So they grab Daniel Jackson's magnifying glass and you know we get the great line daniels is like is, is that my stuff <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it's like, and then it turns out they need red light and so you know sam of course has the laser sight on her p90 that she aims at the gem and it opens mm -hmm. up and reveals ra's hidden storeroom which um conveniently or maybe not so conveniently has a tablet in it oh yeah yeah and this is this is like the next season or so of, of Stargate will hinge on this this tablet and finding because the tablet um, is written in an ancient uh, dialect of ancient and um, only Daniel Jackson being ascended now can read it. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the reason is because the ancients all ascended. And so the ascended beings are all ancients. And so he can read ancient now. And you, um, yeah. <laughs> did you love that revelation where Daniel's like, you know. Yeah. Uh, the others they they're the ancient like i'm an ancient and, yeah you know, and they're like you are and he's like well not me but and then sam's like oh okay and he tells sam and then later on like when when uh you know sam jonas and and jack and Teal'c are all fighting for their life and daniel appears you know he's talk, talking about the tablet and the ancients and jack's like what and he turns to sam is like like you didn't tell him and sam just gives him a look like holds up the gun and says like you know busy here you know <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of really good just like reactions and looks in this episode. Yeah, I, I love when uh, Jack tells everyone at the table, they're like, where'd you get this information? And, and he tells them he saw Daniel and Tilk's like, and then he's, you know, no one's surprised. And Tilk's like, well, I've seen him too. And <laughs> yeah. then they're like, you did? And he's like, you did? And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to see him interacting with everybody again, because we've mm -hmm. gotten him sprinkled here and there and knowing he was always coming back kind of. It didn't really, it doesn't have like the emotional impact of him being lost the first time 
if you know that's yeah. coming, but it's it's good to see them all together. I'm just sad that we're gonna lose Jonas, but mm-hmm. yeah, now he is. And there's a little criticism I will say of when um, Carter sees him for the first time because he's just he's he's engaged with you know Jackson the the tomb thing and going like he's here I know he's here and he's like you know basically show yourself and he shows up <laughs> and then you know. Carter's Sam's like, oh Daniel, and he's like, hey, <laughs> you know, it's like, and he turns around, you know, and keeps arguing with Jack, and it was like, wow, she's the one through most of the season was like upset missing you, and you didn't appear to her, you didn't, you know, and now it's like whatever. <laughs> Dan- Daniel has a lot on his mind though, in his defense, like <laughs> you know, he's he's. And I, I and I love the way Michael Shanks plays this. Like he's like, "Oh, I'll be right back," and he ascends someplace else. Or you're like, "Oh, I'll be right back," and he sends someplace <laughs> else because he's like trying to check things out and, and follow up on things. Yeah, and then the, the the scene when he appears to to Jack in the elevator wearing his you know cable knit sweater, <laughs> and and Richard Dean Anderson is just fantastic in this scene. You know, the first line like, "I was I swear that was an aspirin I took this morning." Yeah, you know, because he's seeing Daniel again. <laughs> And then he tells, you know, Daniel, the story of like how he saw his old friend and, you know, this friend hasn't like written or anything. And and uh, it's it's very good. And and we established some of the rules here that, you know, Daniel can't interfere directly. You know, Oma is is not on the, you know, good in the good graces of the other ascended beings mm-hmm. um, because she helps other people ascend. And, and it would, you know, get her in trouble if if Daniel were to do something. Um, you know, more overt, but um, of course, Daniel helps out as much as he can. I assume we're going to hear more about the ancients later on in the show and more of their background and world building will be established. But right now they really just come across as very non-interventionalist kind of obnoxious Q. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine Q if, if Q was a, mad scientists that did experiments that always went around yeah, yeah i mean that's pretty much that's pretty much what they are um didn't really think what, about consequences yeah i mean what we learned more about the ancients through this and through atlantis i mean they're always you know spoken of reverently but but they are not you know unqualified Perfect. good yeah, <laughs> <laughs> beings so they're almost the opposite of q in star trek where q comes across as very mischievous and sometimes straight up malevolent to Picard, but at the end of the day, he's actually trying to help him and likes him. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't mean a ton of ancients, but they're always presented as like very arrogant, um, mm-hmm. kind you of know, indifferent, indifferent. Yeah. To other people like every other really intelligent race. I feel like we run across on Stargate that they're all like arrogant and you poor little stupid people. yeah we're gonna keep our technology and weapons and whatever because you're too young and stupid and that's that's kind of like the ancients like very young don't always do what they're they're told like oh gee thanks like oh did we interfere with you do you exist what (laughs) yeah it's uh and i guess we don't i don't know if we're gonna see oma again because she gets she gets name dropped a lot but we haven't seen her yet yeah, we we do get to to mm. see her again. Um, but yeah, she she is kind of working behind the scenes here, which which is cool because it keeps her mysterious. You know, mm-hmm. she a lot of like you know the Abadosians all basically who are helping to defend the pyramid because um, Anubis is attacking the pyramid looking for the Eye of Ra, 
And we get, you know, a pretty good battle scene with, um, you know, bombers and the, you know, death gliders all coming over the, the sand dunes and, and Teal'c with his, you know, machine gun and, and, and all the Abadosians with their AK-47s and blasters trying to, like, stop them. And, of course, they can't, so they have to fall back. And Teal'c has his little bazooka or, you know, Sidewinder missile that goes... And, um, you know, I think it takes out a death glider eventually, but, but yeah, so, and then all the Abadosians who are defending the pyramid basically get wiped out, but, um, there's little hints. First of all, we see basically Skara ascend. And then when mm-hmm. they step out of the pyramid, you know, Tobey, who is really cool. He has a really good scene with, with Teal. I'm sad we don't get to see more of him, but, um, you know, cause he's like, he's like the, the frayed guy. But we see his clothes, you know, we see him die. And then later on, we see his clothes just like flat, like, mm-hmm. which means that he's no longer in his clothes wherever he is. Oh, I thought I did. I thought that was Scar's clothes still there. I didn't pick up that that was the other guy. No, so. Yeah, Scar is further down in the in the crypt or the tomb. And then what and then by this point, they're up in the kind of like Ambo or, or gate room. Nice. So. <laughs> And I guess based on what we see in the next episode, this is going to have a lot of fallout for Daniel. And I assume, Oma. I assume she's the one who's helping them ascend. Yeah. At the, at the end, you know, it's uh, Scara says, you know, one named Oma did this. But yeah, I mean, and I, and I love that scene because, you know, Jack's basically in the, the vortex when Anubis goes back on his deal and wipes out uh, Abydos, which which I thought that was a very nice scene, too, because, you know. Daniel confronts Anubis and is about to strike him down in anger. And then all of a sudden Daniel's pulled away and it's, it's a really cool <laughs> effect as you can see him actually getting pulled. It's not like Anubis. It looks like Anubis could be blasting him, but you mm-hmm. actually see him getting like pulled and Anubis actually admits to heck Hector or whatever that, uh, who is also really good. We get to see him, him back. He's, he's kind of been promoted since I think he was in the other guys episode. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it with Fel- Felger and Coombs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's been promoted, but, you know, Hector goes, or whatever his name is, goes like, wow, Anubis, you're super strong. And Anubis, <laughs> actually, which is unusual for Gould, admits like, no, right. I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. And but, that was su- surprising yeah. to me, but I assumed that the only reason they had him say that is so it would be clear to the audience, because yeah. otherwise yeah. you would just assume that he did. Yeah. yeah. And then he then he gets to say, but I'm going to do this, boop, and like the space, yeah. you know, space lightning which I love how like the the uh, the super weapon is Anubis's mothership, and then like the whole center section raises up like it's some big like Tesla generator or something. <laughs> yeah, and it actually generates electricity, which he beams down and jacks in the vortex, and he sees basically the the pyramid getting obliterated um, before mm-hmm. he goes in, and and so they try to dial back, and there's no pyramid or Stargate for them to connect to, but but then the next day or, or so there there is, and they go through, and everything's fine. Yeah. Um, that and I love that. Great yeah, scene. you get to see all the Abadosians playing, like all the kids are running around playing soccer and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it would have been very depressing to end it on them all having actually been killed. So I'm glad they, yeah. they did not go that direction. But I also appreciate that SG-1's plan didn't really work out that well. And I feel like you see that <laughs> more than one more than one time over the next few episodes is how it, it really drives home how powerful Anubis is that right. despite all of this, like without the help of Oma and Daniel, like they would have been totally wiped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the only win for SG one in this is that they get the stone tablet that tells of the lost city. Yeah. 
and and they know that Daniel is, and they know we, you know, they have more additional information about Anubis and the ancients and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in, in the end, the Abadosians are essentially wiped wiped out. They they ascend. Um, but I really like that scene because you do see the kids playing soccer in the background and they're surrounded by tents and then the ball like lands at Jack's feet and there's, mm-hmm. you know, tents in the background and he re- leans down to pick up the ball and when he stands back up, like everything's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. and there's nothing behind him. And then Skara says like, well, we'll keep the Stargate around until you head back. And then the, you go back to the, you know, SG one standing there and the Stargates there like way off in the background and stuff. And so I thought that was done very effectively that like, no, they really are gone for real Mm -hmm. i guess does that mean that the stargate they came through was like a mental projection from the ancients yeah utilized so (laughs) i just want to know how that works technically like how do you dial through a mentally projected stargate i guess it works but i guess yeah but the ancients can yeah (laughs) the ancients can create matter i guess yeah fair enough I think this episode, the way it ended, was kind of awkward for a season finale. But I think yeah. that it worked if you thought of it from the bigger picture, that what they were trying to do. And and they knew when they filmed it that it wasn't going to be the series finale. But um, but if you just watched it thinking, wow, that was a weird ending for season six. I mean, Anubis kind of almost won. And then, like I said, the Abadosians are destroyed but ascended. And nobody knows where Daniel is again. Like he's magical poofed somewhere. And now what? We're all just gonna exactly. walk out, you know, walk off into the sunset. It's all good. Like so the walk it, of life. Yeah, it's a little odd, but it also they set up so many things for the next couple of seasons. I mean, I feel like that's what they were really trying to do. Cause the Gould you know, we've talked and talked about how the Gould system lords aren't really a threat anymore. And so we forgot about Anubis most of the season. So this one really set that stage to establish, oh, yeah. And like you said, Jack, like he he's not going to be easy for them to defeat at all. Yeah. And that's good because it's gotten they've defeated so many system lords at this point that it doesn't yeah. really yeah. mean a lot to defeat a system lord. So you need to you got to up the ante and. Mm-hmm. They do it in an effective way that isn't just yeah. Anubis is different from the other system lords. Like he is a system lord, but he's kind of his own thing. And I'm glad that it's not just we're going to do the same thing we did with Ra, except it's bigger and the same yeah. thing with uh yeah. And and at this point, Anubis has probably killed more system lords than SG One yes. has, <laughs> because we do get to see a substantial yeah. number of the as we learned you you escapes, but mm-hmm. you know, and then you know, but a number of the we get you know when when Anubis fires up his super super weapon for their first time and he's surrounded by like twelve motherships and then like eight of them just get like poofed, you know, and we mm-hmm. get some really cool shots of motherships exploding and stuff, but it just goes to to prove that you know uh, Anubis is smarter than the average Gould, yeah. As as uh, Jack says, you go, you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like that you has become almost like an erstwhile ally to them. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's still yeah. evil, but he's he's he'll work with them when he needs to. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's a fun angle to have. He uses them when he needs, you know, he can pair up with them when he needs a little extra assistance. Yeah. He does the whole enemy of my enemy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And- we get to kind of see, I, I didn't even realize that that's what they were until I was reading the notes on the wiki, but the, the Ninja, Afa, uh, Ninja Jaffa again, 
Yeah. Only they're not doing any ninja tricks, so they're just kind of standing around in the background while the regular, like, Jaffa do all the work, but... I don't know. Did we get to see him do any ninja tricks? I didn't. Like, I don't, I don't think, think so, because so, I honestly uh-huh. didn't notice them, but I had yeah. completely forgotten about the random ninja Jaffa from one episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> That they said so, they wanted to make his Jaffa different than the horse guard and serpent guard of the, you know, the early seasons. Yeah. Should have given them all, like, like masks and stuff, like Yiga clan masks, and if you're familiar with, like, Tears of the Kingdom or, you know, Cobra Commander masks or just like masks what are always a, a good safe bet. Or since he, since uh, Anubis has the whole Grim Reaper thing going on, just make him look like the Nazgul or something. Yeah. <laughs> or like the uh, the spooky, scary skeletons from the Disney uh, Merry Melody short. They could all they could all wear those like black sweatsuits with like bones painted on them and stuff. Just make them goth Jaffa. Yeah. <laughs> Arise, my skeleton warriors, and defeat SG-1. <laughs> I do have one bone to pick. Or no point pun, out. No yes, but <laughs> yeah. the skeletons. I got a bone to pick with you. Um, you know, okay, so, you know, all season I've been harping on Daniel that he just sits by and watches his friends get tortured. You know, he's the guy who's always like moral and like helping and like trying to do the right thing and standing up for the little guy. Right. All that. And then, you know, Jack's getting tortured. He's like, you're OK. You're I mean, it hurts and it's bad and you're going to die a few more times, but I'm I'm sure you're going to get rescued. And and then, you know, Tilk's like sharing the symbiote thing and he's talking to him. He doesn't. I know. We yeah. can argue whether he did anything, but you know, but here, Scara and the Abadosians are threatened with destruction, and he's like, "Nope, it's time to act." I'm, I, you know, stood on the sidelines too long. Like SG One, I'll watch you get tortured, but not these people. Those are his in-laws, though. I mean, that's his family. <laughs> I mean, he spent eighteen months <laughs> living with them, and and he spent yeah. the last six or. Five years. Yeah, with but SG1. those are like work. <laughs> work. Friends. Sam's like Colleague. his work wife, and Jack's his like work brother. But you know, you know that's you know the Abadosians are are actually his his kin. I think, but no, it is a, a valid concern. But also, I think you know he gets really motivated when he sees the tablet, and I think that's just very Daniel Jackson as well. It's like, ooh, it's lost city. Yeah, this is more important than than any of us. It's more important than the Abadosians either. Even so. It could also be uh, he starts as he gets more comfortable with his ancient powers. He gets more comfortable with how far over the line he can push their rules. That's true. So it could be that, too. Well, he pushed it. Yeah. (laughs) First, he's like, well, just appearing to you is really bad. And then nothing happens. And he's like, hmm, well, you know. Helping you through, you know, a near death experience. Well, that didn't, nothing happened there. Maybe I can just like start to wail on Anubis and apparently not. So, yeah. You do notice that little smirk. They're like, can, can you defeat Anubis? And he's like, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's try it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. The ancients have a lot to answer for because. Yeah, they yep. didn't create it. They didn't create Anubis, but he's as powerful as he is because of them. And they're like, we made this mess, but we're not going to clean it up yep. or allow anyone else with our abilities to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and they left behind all the technology, which yeah. basically enables the ghoul to do what they do. It's like, hey, we have this network of, you know, wormholes. We're just going to kind of leave this here and yeah. anybody no can it use out. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're firmly in the it's not my problem anymore camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they've decided they're in this like utopia and can't be really bothered with the people that are still suffering and you know like the consequences of their actions but they made it to utopia so we're good like the rest of y'all whatever not not a very good um moral code yeah yeah (laughs) so basically the moral of the story is don't don't trust any like highly advanced aliens because they're always jerks yeah pretty much pretty much that's target yeah except for the asgard yeah, and the Knox are at least kind of hippie jerks. <laughs> the Asgard started out as jerks, yeah. but they've become more, they're friendly jerks, yeah. likable yes. jerks. Yes. And it, it's only because they really need the, yeah. the, the towery there. The, the stupid, stupid yeah. human solutions or whatever. With their puny these, weapons. These hairless monkeys to do yeah. our bidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which makes you wonder... Uh, How's that any different than being enslaved by the ghoul if you still have to do what they say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't have like death squads, I guess. <laughs> That's probably the main difference. They're a, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the term? Uh, I feel like there's some political term for yeah for that, like pink communism or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, there were a couple of things that like, you know, the, the way that, uh, Anubis's Jafar were just able to ring down into the pyramid. It's like, could you not like disable the, I guess they don't, if you're ringing into something, you don't really have to have a platform, I guess, but. Well, there were rings already in the pyramid. Yeah. Like, could you have, could you have disabled them somehow? Or I don't know. Carter was busy. Put a big block there so they couldn't (laughs) ring in. Oh yeah, Carter was Carter was busy because just because uh, they you know Jonas is looking for the Eye of Ra and he's like he has like the the thing and is like stomping it or you know yeah. tapping the walls kind of like Indiana <laughs> Jones with the uh, you know the the uh, you know the barrier thing in in Last mm-hmm. Crusade and he's like oh this part seems hollow and then Sam just like opens up on it with the P ninety and <laughs> yeah like you're slow let's do it my way yeah so it's a percussive archaeology I guess <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they study that in school. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's uh thinking of this now as a series finale, I feel like it makes a bit more sense because it did feel it felt like a cut short two parter, which mm-hmm. based on the next episodes uh that we see further on in season seven, it, it they kind of flipped it to be that. But it did feel like the ending was very much like, all right, we have the tablet. And we're done, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, but it's it's fun to leave it there, knowing there's more. Yeah, because usually there is a. Cl- I mean, last season and this season, no cliffhanger really. You know, last season because again they were, they thought they were going to get canceled. They got picked up by Sci Fi Channel, so they didn't do a cliffhanger for the first time. And then this one, I feel like it really. I mean, they like they wrapped it in a little bow, but left a few tendrils so that they could. Um, you know, sell a movie basically to look for the lost city. Yeah. And I mean, they did kind of the same thing at the end of season 10. It took like two movies to wrap up mm-hmm. season 10. <laughs> so you can kind of see what they were going for there. 
Um, no, you're right. I was just looking at the wiki, and and blowing up the pyramid did cost them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Which two thousand and two or three or whatever. I guess so. Like that's a lot of video toaster work there. Now, now, I mean, you could just. I was supposed to say I could probably do that on my blender, cheap right? laptop right here. Yeah, and blender and yeah, for five grand, you'd be like, yeah, I'll have it done over the weekend. You know. You know, it's funny. You ever wonder? You ever really sit and think, how far is technology come in twenty years? Go yeah. watch sci-fi. <laughs> exactly. And for real. And I also see this episode won a Leo Award for best costume in a dramatic series, but they don't say which costume. And I was wondering yeah. if it was like Scar's tank top at the end. It was yeah, Daniel's he, uh, sweater. He was sh- yeah. showing some abs there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe Anubis? Yeah, maybe, but. I don't know. That was, he just looked like the Oogie Boogie Man from <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it was kind of a, I don't know, it's like a weird combination of robes and like you know, oversized. Yeah. Maybe it was the ninja Jaffa. Yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> maybe it's just, yeah, the, the general costuming of all the different yeah. characters. Yeah, I mean, Daniel basically, oh, yeah. he shows up like a Jedi at the beginning, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> fun. <laughs> little sweater at the beginning, I like that. Says, that's the thing about Ascendants. They have a habit of showing up when they're least expected. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody expects the ascendants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, y'all have any other thoughts on this episode? One, I just really love the the moment where Scar is trying to invite Jack to the his wedding. And he's like, are you going to bring a guest? And then he's like, Carter? He's like, well, is Carter invited? And then y'all could, are y'all coming together? And it's just that whole awkwardness. And then... Her smile sm- slash smirk, you know, as he walks off. And I just love that. I just thought that was that was awesome. Perfect for the uh, the shipping. Yep. Yep. Give us yeah. give us hope. Just throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I, and I did. Oh, yeah. No. I, and on that, I just like Jack's line when when Scar asked if he'll, he was hoping that Jack would stand by him. And Jack goes just during the ceremony. Right. Which yeah. I <laughs> There's a lot of really good Jack humor in in this there one. Was. I feel like Richard Dean Anderson is getting back on his game. He seems more invested. Yeah, he was dialed in for this one. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Do we have any uh, fun alternate language titles for this episode? Yeah, it seems like Full Circle in English gets translated into The Circle is Closing. <laughs> in, in, in some like Hungarian and uh, German, you know, Der Kreis ist schlicht which is uh, the circle is closing or, or I just said something unimaginably filthy in German and I apologize for that. But um, oh no, it's uh, the circle is closing is, is um, seem to be what, uh, and a check too. So I wonder if that is the idiomatic, like a transliterated idiomatic way of saying that phrase, like in other languages. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. French packed with the devil. So I guess that's appropriate too. <laughs> pact with the devil? Yeah, well, like you make a pact with the yeah. devil. Oh, he, I was thinking P. He... <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, <laughs> didn't he I'm say you made a deal with the, instead of <laughs> yeah. you made a deal with the devil, he said you made a deal with Anubis or something. Yeah. And like Jack, you know, made reference to that. Yeah. So the French actually get the, the point for literalness or in, in <laughs> they this get the, They get the German award. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be very happy to receive that. <laughs> <laughs> the French out in German to the Germans this time. Yes, there you go. This time, <laughs> awesome. 
awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Jonathan S., Bill, Morrowind, Henry S., and Joby W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send us feedback, you can visit sqpn.com slash stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com and you can follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. You can also uh, come join us over at uh, Discord at uh, sqpn.com slash Discord. we got a Stargate channel there. It's a lot of fun if you want to see some uh, memes of... Uh, I think they're funny, but that doesn't always mean they're actually <laughs> funny. So if you want to come be the judge of that, you can join us over there. We'll be at, and we'll be back uh, next time and we'll be jumping into season seven of SG1. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing Secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Well, spank me, Rosie. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Berzini. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Sacred Art. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at starquest.fm slash art.